T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Dr. Sarah Paper is joining us. Who is she? Well, let me tell you a little bit about what she's going to talk about. The first day of class for thousands of students is just a few weeks away. My goodness, that's amazing. Back to school jitters may be hitting both kids and parents as they start buying pencils and notebooks. The unknown can cause anxiety for all, but Alina Health psychologist Dr. Sarah Paper is here to help us make the transition easier, and she joins us now on the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline. Hello, Dr. Paper. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. How are you? I'm excited to have you on tonight because this is a this is a thing for my family. When my two children were growing up, um, I would always wait for August. August 1st began all of, you know, the, the test to see what they have been retaining, right? Uh, and so I'd say, okay, do you remember these math? Do you remember these books that you had to read? Tell me about them. And my children at first would go, oh, no, it's not that time. Yeah, it's that time. <laughs> and so I know that this comes around every year, but a lot of times parents and the children were just not ready for it. <laughs> do you That's have children true. yourself? I do. I have a high schooler, a middle schooler, and a fourth grader. Oh, let us all pray for you. My goodness. (laughs) Thank you, please. (laughs) Okay, so as we are looking at how this is all going to begin, it's already began for some parents, but a lot of the children don't start to look back at what they learned the year before. And if that's happening, are they in trouble immediately? Are they already failing before they ever start school? do pretty well. I wouldn't say failing. They do a lot of review when they get back to school. So that's something that parents can remember to ease their own anxiety about their their kids functioning is that they're going to be reviewing in the beginning and catching back up and they're going to be in a similar spot to other kids. I think it's really important that kids enjoy their summer and get to play and have fun, especially after the last couple of years of school that they've had. That's really important and that's going to help them be refreshed and ready to start the school year out right learning. I I wouldn't worry too much about where they're at academically. That I think that is like the teachers worry about that piece. And we can worry about getting them prepared mentally, emotionally, socially to start that school year. Oh, that's a whole lot. And I love that you're talking about this because so many parents know that their children need the support from them, the smiles, the hugs to let them know everything's going to be just fine when you get to the new school or are your old friends going to be there? Because children are moving back and forth because of COVID. Okay, so let's talk about routines. You say that that, uh, making the transition now to school routines is important. Tell us why. It's really important. Transitions are a very hard time for kids. Well, for adults, too. Anytime there's change, 
and we need to shift from one way of doing things to another. It gets mm-hmm. us a little bit anxious, get us out of sorts, and we're not at our best. And so if we can start easing kids into that, it's really going to help them and us have a better start to the school year. And the most important one, if there's only one thing you do to help your kids get ready, that's their sleep. None of us can function at all without adequate sleep. It's really important for our emotional regulation, our concentration, and our learning. And so it, sometimes I think we get kind of caught up. Um, the idea of kids need to start going to bed sooner. And while that's true, the way to get there is to start waking them up earlier so then that they can be tired. Because you can't make yourself fall asleep if you're not tired yet. You have to be up for a certain amount of hours before that can happen. And so if you can slowly, and each kid's going to be a little bit different depending on mm-hmm. how sensitive they are to changes in sleep. You want to start waking them up. You know, maybe you start at five minutes. Maybe you can handle your kid can handle fifteen minutes earlier that you wake them up, and then they're going to start eventually getting tired fifteen minutes earlier. And you kind of keep moving that time until they're waking up at the time you want them to wake up for school. And ideally, we'd want them to be able to wake up without us, you know, forcing them awake, yelling at them. I don't. What would my mom do? Turn the lights on really bright and sing an annoying song. If you can avoid that by having them wake up naturally, because they're well rested, you're going to have a much better, happier kid who's going to do a better job learning too. But we all know that parents are very aware that the first week of them going to school will be hectic, especially those that can't sleep well because they don't know some of the children, they don't know the teachers, um, and they're they're nervous about it. That Those are some of the challenges that parents really look for. But this particular year, because they lost days with the, uh, here in Minneapolis, especially with um yeah. Um, the teachers going on strike. And I can imagine just trying to make up that time is going to be very difficult. Do you see or expect um, some changes for the students because they even stayed in school longer? Yeah, absolutely. I think for some kids, they're not feeling ready to start yet. They're not feeling prepared. They didn't have enough summertime, especially the kids in Minneapolis. Their school year got extended, stretched mm-hmm. out with weird gaps in between. For you know, Just as they were settling in, there was a strike. And only some of the kids really ended up back in the classroom, not all of them. Some of them still had camps already scheduled or, or, you know, families had plans. And so it was really a disjointed end to that school year. And so you didn't get that kind of final finale, you know, to the year. And then it seems like all of a sudden we're starting back up. Like, really, if you think of, like you said, August 1st, you start thinking about it. Many of them were in school in the classroom until the end of June. So they had Mm -hmm. July which doesn't feel like you don't get bored yet of summer. And so it's going to be a difficult transition. I, I do think kind of getting focusing on the things that we can control. And some of that's having those supplies ready, um, thinking about, even though it might seem silly, thinking about like, what do you, what do you want to have for breakfast that first day of school, kind of getting through that very first day. Um, if you can figure out who their teacher is, um, reconnect them with friends that they may have lost touch with, even if it's just been over the month so that they can kind of get excited about the things that they enjoyed the previous year that can help them with some of their fears. You know, a, a lot of times too, they might have, I always tell my patients that they have what ifs, if their brain's kind of saying, what if this, what if that, what if I don't have friends in my class? What if my teachers mean? What if, instead of just saying, don't worry about that, it's going to be fine. Cause that doesn't really reassure a kid. You help them answer those what ifs. And so, so what if your teachers mean, I, I just actually had a session with a little kid that we, we focused on this. So what if your teacher is really mean? What would you do? And the kid was kind of at a loss and his mom was in the office with me and, and the kid's like, I don't, I don't know what I would do. What would I do? And I'm like, well, 
you have a grown up right there who could help you with that, you know, who could help you problem solve. Or if for some reason you happen to get a teacher that it's not working for you, your parent can advocate for you and help you make that change, you know, or what if I don't have any friends in class? That's a big one for kids. And a lot of kids I talk to them about like another time when they didn't have a friend, you know, at camp or in class and remembering how long did it take you to make a new friend and how hard was it? And could you get through that again? You know, and now you have skills to do it. I think, you know, helping kids see that they have resiliency and they have strength that they've used in previous situations so that they're going to be okay. Not all children, though, not all children, forgive me for interrupting, not all children have parents that they can turn to. And that is a critical problem. It's it's critical. And and I don't know how we fix this. The parents are overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. COVID has affected everyone, right? And so if that's the case and the children are being affected by it or infected by it, we are all, we all have to get together. It has to be a community statement um, where the community says, hey, let me help you. I'll walk your child to the bus today. If you know your neighbors, if you have relationships with your neighbors, then yes, those children can go to parents or those people that they trust in the neighborhood. But not everyone has parents that they can go to, and that's that's unfortunate. So let's talk about what parents can do to calm themselves down, not just their children, because they are just as anxious as the children are. That's true. I, I, I think to first kind of check on their anxiety so they don't, you know, kids look to us, look to us to see how we're, how they're supposed to feel about a situation. And if we are too anxious and, and we're, that really kind of frightened, they're going to feel frightened. They're going to wonder what, what's wrong. What is my parent? What does this grown up know that I don't know that I should be scared about? And at the same time, we, you want to find that balance of kind of acknowledging, like, I'm kind of nervous about how this school year is going to go. And I know that we're going to be okay. So kind of coupling with that, so managing our anxiety and helping them see those things. I, I, I do think kind of being prepared helps most of us prepared with knowledge prepared with the supplies if you can get them. And I know not all kids have the ability to get supplies, but they know how they were able to, uh, you know, get those the previous year. So remembering whether it's like the resource person at their school or their case manager, um, it, it, it can be hard, but even the more organizing we can do and the more knowledge we can have um, going into the school year, the better we're going to be and reminding ourselves and reminding our kids that we hopefully have gone through the, two hardest school years that we've had to go through. And if we can remember that, that it's not going to be harder than it has been, hopefully, like I really hope, you know, that that there mm -hmm. isn't anything worse, but... (laughs) Yeah. You know, um, Dr. Sarah Paper is joining us. If anyone is just joining us, um, she's an Alina Health psychologist. And we are talking about this transition of going from home and summer and actually going back to school. It is not an easy task for parents, nor is it easy for the children. And so I appreciate you sharing some of this with us. I'm curious to know about um, how many times should we stay on a routine. Sometimes routines have to change. If the parents' jobs have to change, you know, that sort of thing. So it can stay a routine, but all of a sudden it changes. Then what do you advise? Because the children, it can really adversely affect them. It can, yeah. And it depends on what part. I mean, the sleep routine is hard. And I know that there are kids who even, you know, even though I said that was the most important thing, that can get thrown off for various reasons, whether it's their parents' work schedule or if they have an older sibling who's working but doesn't have transportation. And so the parents have to load those kids in the car to go pick that kid up from their job. 
later at night, like I know it can be disrupted. And I think it's important for all of us um, to remember that and for, for teachers and for parents to remember that if a kid's falling asleep in school, um, that it's not their fault and there might be some other reason and to kind of give them some grace and, you know, and like you said, I love what you said about the bus stop because that's, that's an important time for us adults who are available to kids, whether it's just chatting, you know, standing there at the bus stop with all the kids and sort of just initiating a conversation. Like how's everybody feeling about school starting? Or if your, your child has a friend over, like asking them, cause you're right. Not everybody has parents who will be asking them those questions. So if routines have to change, I think grounding with on something else. So if let's say the nighttime routine has to change and a parent's not available to read a bedtime story or, I'll admit it, I cheat. My son uses Alexa and has says, Alexa, read Double Fudge or whatever. And Alexa reads him his bedtime story. Um, if that has to change, then coming up with something else that the child can ground themselves with or look forward to, whether it's mm-hmm. something silly like, I don't know, like kids love this themes even for the school year. But if it's like during COVID with my kids, I did Donut Friday. Or you could do like Wacky Socks Wednesday or just something that they're like, I know this is going to happen. You know, I know that on this day, this happens. And that kind of can get you through the things that you don't know, the chaos and the disorganization that might be happening around you. Because you're right, everybody's lives have been, not everybody, but a lot of people's lives have been turned upside down with COVID. And Well, and last changes. year was definite, um, definitely chaotic uh, for the parents mm-hmm. and for the children. And we have yeah. to change this in order for the children to even look at school as something um, that is joyful it's hard for them mm-hmm. to see it because it's ever changing. So you had mentioned, um, and one thing that I read said, you know, if you can do a routine where you put their clothes out and they know what they're yeah. wearing in the morning. My daughter and my son-in-law absolutely do that with their three children. And it works because they get up, they've already showered the night before they get up, they can, you know, put their clothes right on and be ready to get out the house. It's so great. Yeah. Um, but yeah. it, you know, a lot of people don't know that that's an option. <laughs> so yeah, lay your, yeah. lay their clothes out. It's great. It is so true. It's funny because I've suggested that to parents in the office and they're like, oh yeah, because they're like, the mornings are horrible. And they are. If The mornings are rough. And that's something for families, parents to remember. Mornings are rough in everybody's house. To be honest. Like, I don't know who goes perfectly smoothly, but it's a chaotic time. You're trying to get ready and get out the door for work if you work in the morning and you're trying to get a kid or kids out the door. And yeah, trying to find matching socks trying to put, like, get, <laughs> and having outfits together is a great idea. I used to have for my son like a bin where he had choices. And so the outfits were put together and he could pick which one, but even, you know, for other kids having that set one out and the sock comment reminds me too of letting go of the things that don't matter. And I think sometimes we get stuck in those and, and end up fighting with our kids about things that aren't important. And then we're sending them off for their day. That's already going to be stressful with a bad icky feeling because we had a, you know, we yelled at them or, you know, got frustrated and, and shared that frustration with them or slammed our coffee cup down. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, and this is also think, happening at the same time with the parents. They're going to work yeah. mad, upset, you know, trying to figure out how in the world Guilty. am I going to do everything I have to do for my children and for me at my job. Oh, my gosh. It's really confusing. So I appreciate all of this advice that you're giving. So I'm going to ask you one more thing. When it comes to un- unknowns, right, 
Um, The children that are just starting school, like kindergarten, right? They Mm -hmm. don't know what to expect. And I remember my second granddaughter, who is five years old, um, when she was in preschool and she had to move over to kindergarten now, she is nervous. It's like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be in school. But the good news for her is that she's going to be there with her older sister. And I'm so grateful for that. But what about unknowns for the new ones, the kindergartners that are coming in? Right. What would you say? Yeah, it's, I would say to focus on, the, one, to not assume that they know. Because I think that's a mistake. That's a mistake I've made, too, that we assume the kids kind of know what going to school is. I think mm-hmm. of the kid who was doing distance learning a couple years ago and starting kindergarten, and he thought he was going to be taking the school bus to distance learning. And there was this aha moment in the session, like, wait, of course, he doesn't know that the school bus is because he, he thought of school. You get on the school bus and he wasn't making that connection that distance learning. You wouldn't. And so not assuming that your kid knows anything, but then grounding them with what you do know, whether it's driving by the school and being like, look, it, that's the slide you're going to go on. Let's go try it out and see. Let's go see what that slide's like. So then that first day of school, it's like, you know what? When you're at recess, you're going to be on that slide. And I can't wait for you to tell me about it. And so that's a trick, too, to kind of help kids feel settled and kind of help their brain focus is to say, like, come home. When you come home from school, I want to know three names of new friends that you made. Or I want you to tell me what the slide was like or how many swings there are. So they are kind of spending their day going, okay, okay, I'm going to tell my mom and dad about that slide and what the slide was like. Or I'm going to tell them these names so that they don't just get lost in their fears and their worries. So preparing them with what you what they could know, even if it's something small. I mean, even just the menus that are available that you can kind of share with them for what they're what they're going to be eating during the week, or what, you know where breakfast is going to be. If you can find one other kid that you know that's going to be starting, that helps. Or looking up this, I did this in session with a kid too, like looking up the pictures of the kindergarten teachers and saying like, oh look at these faces, look at these nice features. What can we read about their bio? There's so much information that's available that we could be sharing with kids to kind of help them be grounded in the facts, be grounded in what they can know. So whether it's the teacher's bio or just like how cool the slide is on the playground, any little bit that they can hold on to that they could know going into that first day will make a difference. Yeah. And parents, you can always get like a box of popsicles and just make it real good. children forget about anything bad that happened oh sarah it's been a pleasure having you on tonight thank you so much for sticking and staying with us tonight that's a lot of information and it's good information thank you great thank you for having me t-mobile has invested billions to light up america's largest 5g network from big cities to small towns including right here in yours and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. 
Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices so join the revolution subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring listen on your odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast you'll be glad you did